This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Right, we're kicking off then. It's episode 19 now of the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. Welcome along to you, the listener, and to my special guests this week who are in no particular order. Paddy. Paddy. Oh, what's your surname? I've forgotten it. Harwood. Harwood. God. What am I like? Paddy Harwood. Uh, Steve Shipman and Adam Keeley, who you'll know, Steve and uh, Adam, as regulars from Push the Boundary. Paddy, I've spoken to you before at a Push the Boundary work, online workshop, but you've not sure. been on the podcast, so you're very welcome. My debut, popping my cherry. Absolutely. You're the Nicky Adams <laughs> this week. That means he's captain. It means he's captain, and we're expecting a big performance from him. <laughs> no pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> Lots of excellent deliveries for one of you two to finish off nicely. Um, I don't know which one of you is going to sky a penalty over the bar, but... Probably me, that one. <laughs> so, yeah, today today had it all, didn't it? We've just watched the Newport game. Um, we won 3-2. Me and Paddy were just having a very, very quick, brief chat about it before before we uh, press record. But we needed that, didn't we? We needed that home win. I think we got a bit of luck, didn't we? I think them going down to 10 men so early in the game was a massive blessing for us because they were causing us trouble early on. It looked like it was always going to be a, a game full of goals. We had new players on the pitch. We've said goodbye to Danny Rowe. There's been a lot going on. Uh, I mean, it was two debuts today, wasn't there? There was the the German lad. Did he make his home debut tonight? Today, the, what's he called? Home, home debut. debut. Yeah. Home debut. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's been, it's been a busy old week. But we've not spoke football since before the Mansfield game because they had the Carl Evans interview uh, last week. So we've had Mansfield, Warsaw and Newport since we last chatted football. And in typical Latic style, we've lost one, drawn one and won one. Um, the last one was this Newport game, which we won. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll start with that one. What, what are your views? Paddy, what did you make of today's game? I mean, you, you could probably pick, pick apart some aspects of the performance all day. But first and foremost, it was just a very entertaining game. Like you said, it had everything. It had an own goal, a penalty, a red card, you know, all action. Um, I think you're right what you said that the red card probably did help us but you know we, we looked we looked a real good side going forward um, Adams obviously made a massive difference uh, the German lad I thought was I thought he was really really good really impressed with him he looks about two stone overweight and I was surprised he lasted 90 minutes but he seemed to actually get stronger as the game went on obviously the penalty miss was a bit of a debacle I'm not I'm not sure I know he took one at Bournemouth I'm not sure why he took it when McElhaney's on the pitch but but in general, I, I, was really I think McElhaney thought the same thing, mate. To be honest, well, I'm, I'm not surprised because <laughs> he's taken two anti, scored them both. You know, both. I yeah. think both when Bahambula was on the pitch as well. Um, I mean, obviously, it's 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 ended up not costing us. But um, no, I, I really enjoyed the game today. And, and to be fair, I've enjoyed most of the most of the games this season. It's just more often than not, we've we've ended up coming out worse, haven't we? But um, you know, going forward, we do look dangerous all the time, um, and it, it's really good to see, really. I'd like to have seen Adams maybe inside. He had, he had a good game today, but I feel like he can influence the game quite a lot more, you know, if he was to be in the middle. But obviously that leaves us a problem. Yeah. Every other right back we've got at the club is an absolute bomb scare at the moment, aren't they? So <laughs> well, that, gives us, that gives us that issue. 
I think when the team was announced, I was a bit. I, I think we we'd sort of picked Adams in about three different positions. We were like, is he right back? Is he is he right wing back? Is he centre mid? We were sort of trying to work out exactly where he was going to uh, where he was going to end up playing. But yeah, he'd see it was a bit more of a a bog stand kind of right right sided role really, wasn't it? By the end, yeah, which he did well oh, as well. Good but... debut. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ball in for uh-huh. the uh, for the winner was good, wasn't it? Just yeah. dangerous, yeah. you know. And I think that's what. If you look at Adams, I'd probably keep him out wide, if, I, if I'm honest. Uh, obviously, his assists over the last couple of years, apart from this year, I think last year we got 14 assists. The year before, I think it was at 13, 14 again. So he's always consistent to give you you know, a decent delivery in there. And him and Bambula linked up quite well at times. And I think he got a little bit frustrated with Bambula at times when he wasn't willing to give him that pass to simplify things, but that's the sort of player he is, isn't he? He wants to try and do something different all the time, but yeah, I agree mm. with Paddy in relation to Hilsner. I thought he brought players into the game and really stretched it for Newport. He just kept things simple. You know, he was always looking for someone in space and I think that's what meant that Newport, when they went down to 10 were just constantly chasing because you've got someone who can put the foot on the ball like that and that's what we've been crying out for. Somebody who can put the foot yeah. on the ball and dictate play like that. So it was good. I've been doing all of my DIY yeah. jobs while I was watching. So the game was on, in the, but I was mainly listening to it. And and his name kept cropping up all the time on the ball. You know what I mean? When I wasn't watching, but a career, he was constantly involved in the action. And when you've got someone in centre midfield, that's that's imperative, isn't it? They have to be cropping yeah. up on the ball and involved all the time. And, and that's what's been lacking. So he's, when he signed, I think we all thought he was going to be, a, you know, he's saying he was going to be a winger, but wherever he, wherever he can play and make a difference, then we'll take him there. But definitely centre midfield. It's a, we've been saying it for a while, but like me and you were saying before, Paddy, we're still struggling to keep the goals out, aren't we? We've still not showed up that defence. We conceded another two today. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it is, and it doesn't matter which, which, Personnel he puts back there, does it? We still look very, very, very suspect. You know, they got in quite a few times early on. You know, early on, they had a lot of the possession. And towards the end, we ended up clinging on when, you know, we were pretty comfortable throughout most of the game. And it is, it, I mean, obviously, is the big elephant in the room that we're probably not going to mention because it's been mentioned to death now about our defence. But, you know... He's out, Paddy. <laughs> but the, it... We need we need something because from what I can see, none of the defence collectively are good enough at the moment. I was speaking to you before we started recording. I don't think we'll be anywhere near the playoffs with our defence leaking as many goals as we are at the moment. We're no, that's the thing, yeah. I think if we concede about forty goals so far this season, yeah, forty three now. I think, yeah, think forty three. It's, it's yeah. criminal. I mean, you know, I know that their goal today, um, Harry Kew was a bit miffed about whether it's handball or not. The, the ease where he got away from, you know, Garrity, was it John Batty as well, and Keeler Dunn, and managed to yeah. stop him was pathetic. Yeah, really easy, wasn't it? Far too easy. Our, yeah. go- our goal difference this season should be off the charts, shouldn't it, in terms of the amount of goals we've scored. Yeah. But we're just shipping far too many goals. Look, I mean, we've, we've, we've chatted, uh, obviously... I chatted to Carl for last week's podcast. I know that you and um, you lads pushed the boundary of chatting to him as well. Um, and we spoke about the, the the need for bringing money into the club and the transfer window. And we've not known whether we're going to come out of it stronger or, or worse off. We've obviously brought in a good, experienced 
player in in in, in Adams. Um, we've lost another older head in Danny Rowe. What do you make of the of the Danny Rowe departure, lads? I, I think it was a no-brainer. He was never going to stay, was he? After what happened last year, careful what I say, what happened when during the first lockdown, he was never, ever going to stay beyond his contract. So they've got an offer for him. I think I think I completely understand why they've why they've accepted the bid. Now, obviously, it does leave us a little bit light in terms of going forward. I'm not sure Barnes is going to be a, a replacement for him. But in terms of the Danny Rowe deal, I understand why they've done it. I, I, I read some of the... He came on against uh, Mansfield the other week and Rowe was saying how he changed the game. And I thought, I think he's had about four touches of the ball. I, I completely understand why. I think he slowed us down quite a lot. It just, yeah. I, I, don't think he ever, I don't think he ever looked happy. No, as an olden player, did he really? Danny I Rowe. think I think that's just his the way he carries himself. I just think he's that kind of character. He looks miserable, doesn't he? Yeah, all the time. I mean, I mean, it's interesting what Cal said about the um, the Danny Rowe thing, and you know the fact that well, he's out of contract, so he had to accept a bid. Well, obviously, he's talking you know about McElhenney, and he's out of contract, so it'd be interesting to see whether whether they accept that bid or. Or if maybe there was a, a problem more deep rooted than that with Danny Rowe, perhaps. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, Cal Cal touched on that, didn't he? He said the other day that because we asked him about, like, you know, if somebody, say, for example, came in for McElhaney. And to be fair, at the time we didn't actually know that Bradford were were in for him. He sort of gave us that separately. But we were just sort of saying, well, if someone comes in for someone like McElhaney, then do you let him go because he's out of contract in the summer as well? And he was like, well, Harry sanctioned the move for you know, the transfer of Rowe. And he, I think he sort of said something on the lines of, you know, he was never Harry's player. You know, he didn't sign him. So was the same sort of like allegiance there that he's got to maybe some of the others that are in the squad. And he said, that's when he came out with the with the McElhaney stuff. And he says, well, Bradford made a bid for him and we knocked it back because, you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to, he doesn't feel like he needs to sell him or he wants to sell him. But I mean, for me, the the, the fact that, the article that came out about McElhaney, you know, it, it's a it's a classic bit of journalism, isn't it? To sort of put it out there and say, you know, actually we still do want him. And it's just me, even if it's just sort of there to unsettle the player, get in his head. And, you know, I guess that probably brings us on to the stuff that happened today in the game that, that you know, with the penalty and the substitution, he didn't, he didn't look happy, did he? His body language wasn't great. But we can't really afford to lose him, can we? I mean, he did 14 goals this season. When was the last time we had a player who scored 14 goals? By the end of the season, the season. Well, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, it would be it would be a massive loss if he if he went. We can't afford to lose someone like someone like that. He does bring a lot of energy, and and like he'll just get a goal out of nothing. He's he's such a good poacher. Um, so we I think we do need to keep keep hold of him. But what do you guys think? Do you think we will? I think we'll keep hold of him because we'll let Rowe go. I don't think we're going to let both go. I think we'd be stupid to let both go. Are you talking about in January as opposed to long term? Yeah. I don't know, obviously, long term whether we'll keep him because he's probably too good for this league, isn't he? Um, and he should be playing in League One. Um, so whether he'll want to stay. If that's the case, do you let him go? That, that you know, I'm sure that's that's the, the dilemma for the club, isn't it? If you're thinking, well, is he going to be a B on the end of the season? Do you cash in? But then again, how many goals? Then you look at the trend now. At the end of the season, you know that's it. You look at the the transfer window in January. It's always inflated everything, isn't it? So mm. it's going to be wages. You know, paying. I know we've said we're not paying money for people, but people always do go over the top with pricing. 
in January, but I'd be surprised if we let him go and not bring someone in of equal quality. But this is Oldham, things change every second, don't they? Yeah. I think I just yeah. I just feel a bit in kind of limbo. I think like what you said before, Paddy, about enjoying the games. You know, the games have been good. There's been goals. There's, you know, you not know which way it's going to go. We've won a load of games this season. We've lost more, but we've we've won quite a few and we've scored a lot of goals and it has been a bit more interesting, a bit more exciting, but it's just all very kind of unpredictable and we just don't know where, where we're going to go from January, from the summer. Time will tell. It's hard to get excited. It's hard to get too excited, isn't it? That's the thing. That's the frustration with it. I think yeah. I mean, we've not been on a we've not been on a fantastic run of late. I mean, that's why another another reason why today's win was important, and and yeah. it, it does it does push us closer to the playoffs. I mean, if I'm honest, I, I, can I do I think that we we'll, we can make the playoffs? I mean, you know, looking at the number of points here, but yeah, of course we can. It's not a great league. I, I do think we need to we tight we need to tighten up at, at the back. I think I think our goals will give us a chance of getting in the playoffs, but our defense will keep us out of the playoffs. Mm. I think if our, best, if our best team played. At its best every week, then you know that sounds like a really obvious thing to say. We might have <laughs> we might have what it takes, but we won't play at our best every week, will we? And, and we will ship too many goals. And I just don't think we've got it. Unless there's a couple of really good signings just around the corner in January that really make a big difference to the squad, then I don't think we'll make, we'll make the playoffs. But you know, I hope we're wrong. I hope we're wrong. I hope we do. But yeah, credit to the uh, the keeper today. I thought he controlled his area. A little bit better than Waller does. Nearly stopped my heart from beating at the last. I was going to say, my heart stopped beating for a second. Oh God, yeah, that uh, was that was (laughs) definitely a bit of hairy moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I I think he. I don't know whether it was defence. He looked a little bit happier with him, or whether he was just a little bit more. He had a bit more urgency about him wanting to get play started quicker and get people at the field quicker. And he's only played two um, games, has he? But I think he's. He played Bolton, didn't he? He played at Bolton. Yeah, and, and he did all right then, then as well, didn't he? I don't think he had too much to do at Bolton. Um, but I don't, he's not had that much to do today, has he, really, apart from pick the ball out the back of the net twice. I don't think they had many other real chances, but I thought overall it was steady considering he was brought in last minute. I mean, it was dashed from there, lad, wasn't it? With the sending off. I mean, oh, it, yeah. you can't you can't raise your hands like that, can you? It's be like... Is that early on in the game as well? I mean, I thought he was going to be controlling for them. He looked like first couple of touches he had on the ball. He, he was the one who was creating the opportunities. And yeah, then, he started really bright. Yeah, and then he, he did that and goes south quite quickly for him, doesn't it? But yeah, well, yeah, you need exactly, a bit of yeah. luck. You need a bit of luck, and we definitely need. Well, that's what they've been saying, hasn't it? You know, recently, I think was it Kiel that came out and said we've not had that much luck at home. Well, you know, we got a bit today, and we we took advantage. So. Yeah, much much needed win, but yeah, keeps us up there. Keeps us up there. Yeah. He's our next game keeps against. Us up there in fourteenth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cheltenham on Tuesday. Cheltenham on Tuesday. Going to be another big game, isn't it? Maybe it's. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll do the double over them now. Did we? We beat them, didn't we? Uh, or... Beat them two one at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah we and did. We've yeah. Done the double over Newport there now, so we've got the chance now to. Because we play a lot of the teams that are above us, don't we, in the in the league again? So um, we've got a chance to to close the gap. It's nice to go into the end of the season, second half of the season, with it being a possibility of being in the playoffs, isn't it? At the end of the day, we started the season so yeah. badly. We're like 
talking on this podcast convinced that we were going down and we were doomed. So <laughs> to be in this position is uh, is is a bit better. We've still got the same manager that we started the season with in January. So sorry, head coach. I don't want to fall into into yeah. Carl's trap of calling him a manager. At least no one can tell me <laughs> for uh, for that. But um, you know, we've still got the same coach. We won a game since Moore came back, so that's good because uh, that hadn't happened before, had it? Yeah. What do you make of the situation at the club now, generally speaking? You know, I know that you lads have listened to the interview I did with Carl. That was two hours. I know that you lads have also sat in for three hours talking to him. So you've pretty much, uh, in, in within that five hours, you must have talked about absolutely everything that, that, that Carl has done since he arrived at the club. And uh, how, how do you feel that the club is at the minute? How do you feel Carl's getting on as the CEO? Personally, I can't fault the lad for coming on and talking as 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 he does. You know, he's he 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 really wants to to come on. He wants to get involved. He wants to talk. You know, and and he's as honest and open as as he can be. That's the way it feels to me. Um, so I'm 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 really grateful for him for, for doing that because I think we'd soon miss that if he if he was to leave and we were to get another CEO who was a lot more in his shell and or didn't want to get involved as much. How do you how do you think he's doing? I think he's doing. I think he's doing all right. To be honest, I think he's probably doing what he what he what he can at the minute. You know, I mean, I think going back to when when Natalie was there, you know, I think that that engagement was a lot more difficult. You know, she 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 didn't she didn't want to engage. Was was she allowed to engage? It's hard to say, but there certainly wasn't the the, the same level of openness, you know, from her than that the, the there is from Carl. But I think Carl. She wanted our does genuinely to go through to someone else, didn't she? Shorting our meetings yeah. to go through Richard Bowden, which grand yeah. scheme of things, you know, he's not there for the day-to-day running. So the yeah. engagement wouldn't be as productive. Yeah, but... exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think Carl, you know, I think he does give he does give you a lot. And I think he I think he does understand like the viewpoint of the fans, you know. And I think I, I genuinely believe he's trying to get that over to to Abdallah and, and Mohammed as well. W- whether that'll get through, I'm not sure. I mean the, the the worrying thing for me is, you know, when things are said like that he actually needs to get that message across to the owners that that fan engagement is a is an important thing. You know, you shouldn't need to convince the owners of that. For me, but I think you know it, it's at least good that there's someone somebody within the club that wants to give that message to them and actually wants to speak to fans. You know, I don't think he doesn't shirk anything. I'd probably, you'll probably agree with that, Matt. Well, you see, the thing is when you're talking to Carl is he offers up a lot of stuff. You don't have to drag answers out of him. You know, like you might ask him a question and he'll he'll go off on a on a tangent and he'll bring he'll offer you information about things that you don't have to ask him. So it's not like getting blood out of a stone with him, which is refreshing. Um what Natalie, whenever it was like watching somebody interview a politician, she never gave you an answer. It was always just fluff, mm. you know, it was just the kind of corporate speak. And 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 when you're talking to Carl, you feel like you're talking to somebody who's listening to you and who, who who wants to engage with you and wants to give you, you know, wants to have a chat with you. He's happy to, 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 to chat. And I find him very easy to talk to and I've enjoyed chatting to him. Um, obviously I've listened to it back myself, but it's, I was always involved in it. How, how does it come across to someone like yourself, Paddy, who's a fan and, and, and listening to it? I mean, I mean, similar to what Laz just said, he's obviously, he's 100% more approachable, more transparent than the previous CEO was, isn't he? Um, he did say some things that kind of made me think he's 
he's homing in on the on the wrong issues. So things like um, what did he say? Something about um, Christmas video only getting four hundred likes, and he was really angry about that. And just things I thought he was perhaps maybe um, he needs to there's bigger things rooted in the club than that. But like you said, he, he's a very passionate guy, and you know the the two hours when I was listening to it the other day in work, it it did kind of flow by because he does he, he's very open and he's very honest and you know perhaps sometimes to his detriment as well really you know his, his passion perhaps gets the better of him I know he's he's had a few Twitter rants hasn't he um, he's off Twitter at the moment isn't he as yeah. a result he is or is he or is he <laughs> yeah. well he's not he's not <laughs> contri- he's not contributing to the to the debates, but I'm sure, I think he's I think he's lurking and uh, and and observing and and, and taking it all in. I'm yeah. sure he's doing that. You know, fair play to him for coming on here, spending two hours talking to you about it. Exactly. Um, and he's been on previously, Anti, and obviously I know he spoke to you guys at the PTV as well and the trust. You know, he's being he's being as trans- transparent as he possibly can be. I think he's probably helped by the fact that the owner's never in the country at the moment, which perhaps gives him a bit more free reign than. Than he would if he was back home. Oh, sorry, back here, should I say? Uh, but no, yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't knock him really for for what he's doing. I think. I think the, the one key of the thing big... for me is that. Go on, Steve. Go on, Steve. Yeah, one of the things for me. Yeah. Both together, see if you say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he was very, you know, honest in his meeting the other day in relation to admitting to us that. You know, he probably did underestimate the the bad feeling that's been around the the supporters for a while. When he's been to other clubs and they've said that, you know, it's not been as bad. But you know, he, he realizes he's got a challenge on his hands, and obviously for him, trying to get people back on board is difficult because we're obviously got the lockdown and everything else, and not being able to get fans in the ground. So. It'll be interesting when we do come out of lockdown and people can go to games to see, you know, what it can do to drag people back. But again, it's going to take some time because there's been so much damage, not just done by Abdallah, but obviously the previous regime that's made things difficult for supporters to really back it, haven't they? So yeah. We'll, uh, yeah. it's, going to, it's going to take some time, but no doubt I'm sure he'll uh, do what he can while he's here. I think it, it, what's great about having platforms like podcasts and things is you can put yourself across, you can put your personality across, people can get to know you can on a you know, a, a lot of people can listen and can get to know you gradually. And once you know somebody and you know their intentions and you know the personality and you know that they're trying, then you'll forgive them for making mistakes because everybody makes mistakes. There's no one's got a problem with that. It's when people are just hidden away and they're doing things and everything's kind of left up to interpretation and rumour and stuff like that. That's where the problem is. Everything's cloak and dagger and secret. And that's those we've, we've been through those days and they've not done us any good. So it's time to just be having conversations and be honest and open and let's all get to know each other. Cause this is what I see the potential for podcasts. And, and I can't wait when we're, when we're all able to meet up again. The amount of people that I've talked to and that I've met and that I'm looking forward to meeting and having a beer with as a result of this. And this is just the fan base then that becomes more social and knows each other. And that's going to have a knock-on effect to, in the ground and all that kind of stuff. And, and the same goes with the relationship with the club and the fans. If we all get to know each other better and we all understand each other's issues and problems and how we all feel, 
then we have a, a proper relationship and we communicate properly. And, and going forward, it can only be a good thing. And, and, and I don't think we've been at this point before. I think like what you lads are doing, we push the boundary and what fans are doing on social media and, and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. It's, an, it's kind of a new era, really, yeah. and it's how we use it going forward. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. I think it's exciting. I know it's going to be a lot of hard work, but it's an exciting time. Well, I was very surprised, yeah. Matt, that, that Cal was surprised about the level of animosity. Uh, it really it threw me that, that he wasn't aware of how strong the feeling was amongst Latinx fans. I thought that had been something he'd have been researching kind of before he got the job. Uh, you know, looking into, and obviously we'd had the protest, or you guys are sorry, you'd had the protest in, back in December. Uh, all you need to do is take one yeah. look at Twitter and see the, the anger that the Oldham fans were feeling throughout this last, you know, two, three years. I know it's been a backlog previously over the last owner, mm-hmm. but it really it really threw me that he was surprised with the the level of anger amongst the Latics fans. But when he's found that a lot of that is then turned on to him, directly <laughs> that's a bit it's all right going on twitter and kind of reading things and it's all you know to a third party but as soon as he joined in the conversation and it's kind of turned on him i think that was a bit of a bit of a wake-up call a bit of a he, shock he did he didn't help himself with that stupid statement they put out back in september did he that that he no. authorized no i know and they, i want to get back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and 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 that's part of part of the learning curve in it and, and and understanding this is what I was saying to him about perception you've got to re- realize whatever your intention is how it's going to be perceived and understanding that that level of animosity that level of resentment and frustration that is within the fan base it's, it's, it's probably quite hard to read because you've just got to experience it I think to, to really understand it and over the last few months he's experienced it and I think now he gets it so that's a yeah, yeah, maybe maybe because I'm kind of a bit closer to it, I maybe feel that outsiders perhaps know more than they actually do. But it just it did it really surprise me how um, how surprised he was. I suppose, Paddy, if you're not on the uh, on the hashtag, then you probably wouldn't see a lot of it. No, um, but we're, we're kind of the talk of football for a while, aren't we? I didn't yeah. like, look what's yeah. going on. All you know, Latin Orient fans know about us. Stockport fans do. Berry fans, you know we. It's no secret. Mm, that's true. Going on, he knows yeah, that right. anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's well I think, aware. I think he's. I think that the fact that he's come in and, and he's when you were saying before about like sort of what's happened over the last couple of months. I think, I think things have felt slightly better. Obviously, we've been winning on the pitch. That's been great. And then, and I think that there's nothing's really been coming out off the pitch, has it? In terms of like, you know, like late payments or wages or anything like that. And we said to Carl, like, you know, as long as that, if that can carry on, then then great. You know, we'll, we'll I'm not saying we'll back down, but we'll at least just keep more of a watching brief on it than, you know, than what, maybe what we have done in the past. But I think the only thing for me is obviously since, since, since Mo's come back, and we did mention this to Carl the other day, is that, Coincidentally, you know, a few things have started to come out of the club in terms of like rooms of arguments with players and the forms dipped and 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 it's like and it's almost like you know whether Carl's had a bit of an eye opener recently with the fact that that has happened and it's probably the first time since he's been at the club where you know that's actually taken place. But it, yeah. it does seem to coincide with 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 Mo's return. There was a few things about Mo that cropped up in the interview that I did with him in relation to his role and 
how involved he is. Um, it seemed to be that he was, you know, he goes to the first team training sessions and he's, he's interested in the first team. He didn't seem to have much attention to the academy and just that the overall big picture stuff didn't, from what Carl said, he didn't seem to be that much involved in that. Um, the discipline car said there was a disconnect between between the first team and the youth academy, and that kind of stuff was a bit concerning. And that was that was new, something that we'd not really heard before. Um, what what yeah. Carl had said was one thing that I, I can't remember was it, it got into what we'd put out. We put took a quite a while to type it all up. So um, that when the reaction had come out from the podcast, Carl had suggested that. Mo doesn't actually take part in because some people would put on their on Twitter and social media that you know he takes part in training and things like that. He said that that isn't the case. He actually watches the training, yeah. but doesn't actually get involved in it. So at the end of the day, you know, if he had some previous past as a director of football, I think fans would give him a lot more leeway. But I think it's just the fact that he's been given the job because of his brother and doesn't really have any experience in that role is probably why he's getting there the grief that he does. Well, that and the fact that we've been through so many coaches under him. I think that's... It's and players, the, yeah. Yeah, and that's the issue. And that's why he's on very, very thin ice. I mean, I think most of us said, <laughs> I think if you took a poll, should more... Be, and he, this might have been in one of your surveys, I'm not 100% sure, but should more be the director yeah, was, of football? Yeah. The answer will be very, very highly no. And he's got a lot to prove. And, and, and for me, he's got this transfer window and the summer... To, to, to get it right before his position, if it's not already untenable, is becomes untenable completely. Because, you know, how long do you give it? How long do you keep blaming the coaches for to say it's not working? So, well... That's the thing. I've seen a couple of people on Facebook and uh, mainly Facebook saying it's time for Kuehl to go. But again, like you say, how many times does the director of football get away with it? Yeah. It's just, yeah. there's got to be, you know, a line drawn in the sand there to say, Hang on a second, you know, he's the one who's recommending these players to come in. Q can only do so much with what he's got in front of him if most decide who comes in and out. It's a bit a bit of a pointless argument, isn't it? Whilst his brother yeah. owns the club, he's not gonna he's not gonna leave the role of sporting director whilst his brother owns the football club. Well, no. that, I mean that just depends, doesn't it? I mean I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but how long does that go on for if it just keeps going wrong? If, uh, you know, we don't know if Harry Kuehl is going to be with us next season, do we? At the end of the day, everything's uncertain. I mean, it's like this in football, generally speaking, but there is just no certainty whatsoever. There are fans who would get rid of Harry Kuehl. There are fans who would say, for the sake of consistency, let's keep him. I would fall into the, for the sake of consistency, let's keep him, if we're going to keep Moore as a sporting director. Like I said to Carl in the interview, for me, I would what, what, what Moore should have done when he came into the club was to just bring in a manager, a proper manager, an experienced manager at this level, let him get on with recruitment, let him get on with building a squad and just watch. And I know that must be very, very hard, but like just get to know it all, like do his research, get out and, and, and understand the league, understand the country, understand the culture, spend two or three seasons just doing that, working closely with an experienced manager. And, and then maybe once we'd got promotion out of League Two, start implementing a, a, a bigger broader picture so how long does this model keep failing for before it changes because 
you know, we've 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 got an, there's an instance this season where we look like we we could be potentially in the playoffs if we keep certain players and if we shore up the defense. That could all go to shit by next season. We could lose all our good players, <laughs> and then just another load of you know inferior players come in and we're back to square one. So we it, we're yeah we could be making progress, but it it just doesn't feel comfortable that that that's guaranteed. I mean, would a director of football be responsible for like contracts? you know, of existing players, like, you know, re-signing players and all, like, extending contracts and things like that. Well, it's a good point because, you know, if he's working with a head coach who he consistently has and he has a good working relationship with and who we can expect to be here next season, you'd expect the two of them to sit down and say, right, I want to keep such and such and let's... Who does the negotiations for the for the deals and the contracts and that kind of stuff as well? Is that is that what you mean? Does do, do they sit down with more or do they sit down with Abdallah or who? It's not Carl. We know. Yeah. That. Well, I just I, I mean in the sense of you know if you look at someone like like as you said things things can things can fall apart very very easily, can't they? In that sense, so you look at someone like McElhaney and say, you know, let's let's say he stays till the end of the season, say he scores twenty goals, can we realistically say he's going to be with us next season? You know, so you either try and time up under a deal now, or you start looking for a replacement from whoever. But it, it seems it seems to me that if, if McElhaney ends the season with us and he ends up scoring twenty goals, I'd, I'd be surprised if he starts next season with us. Well, he'll get he'll get a better offer somewhere else, won't it? At the end of the day, he's got he's not under contract, and someone will offer him more money than we can afford to pay him, and he'll be gone. Yeah, simple. Yeah, as that. and that's on the basis that we we don't you know go up, we don't get in the playoffs or whatever. Yeah, you know, someone will come in for him. You would you would you would imagine definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be hard to keep a nucleus of players again, purely because of we've got six loans, is it? Yeah. And a couple of players on yeah. till the end of the season. So there's going to be a, a not a massive turnover, you would hope, but there's still going to be a fair few going out. I was surprised by uh, McCalmont not making the squad today. It's absolutely criminal um, that he doesn't get in over Garrity. <laughs> Cannot believe Almond <laughs> sat on the sofa while Garrity's on the football pitch. He should have. <laughs> no, I think he would have suited playing next to Hilsner. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. he really would. You'd say you know, that someone with a better football a lot, announce about him. Yeah, a lot more quality um, in the centre of the park if it's those two than than Garrity in it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Garrity. He's, he's he gets far too much. Too much game time, don't they, from from the performances that he puts in? But, but based on the game time he gets, they, they must surely be extending his loan as well. They, they Isn't it a long season long anyway? No, I think it's January, and I think they're um, going to make a decision on renewing it. How was sure, it? Shawkey will say him and Barnett steals up soon. I might be wrong there. Fair enough. No, no. I, I, I thought it was end of season, but it, it might be January. I, I wouldn't be keeping Barnett if we can use that money elsewhere. Especially with money being so tight as it is in the lower leagues at the minute, and you know, yeah. I'd be looking to put it into a, a decent centre half, or especially now Baden's fit as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I can't say I've seen it with Barnett just yet, but apparently there's, there's people who want him. So it's crazy. Yeah. It must be it must be right in town and Springhead because <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute pony, isn't he? Chris Taylor at Chad's after him. Uh, it would not surprise me. That's all I can think. How do you, what about Keeler, Keeler Dunn? He's, he shows flashes, doesn't he? And then about 30 seconds later, he just gives the ball away and, and, and does crappy things. But 
he looks like he can be a threat. He took his goal really well again today, and he, he he's got something about him. He's very frustrating, but when he goes down on goal like that, he's he's dangerous, isn't he? He's got goals in him. Yeah, he's definitely got goals in him. I'd like, I think I'd like to see him, and he's only he's only a kid. Yeah, I think he's probably yeah, he's probably have five or six now. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to see him want the ball more. I'd like to see him go and get the ball more. Do you think he's got potential? Do you think he's worth keeping hold of? And do you think he can be coached into a better player? I think if, if if you've got a coach there, I mean, surely someone like Harry Kuehl can bring out the best in a player of you know who plays in that position in terms of how to sort of like get into space and work the channels and all that kind of stuff. But I think there's a player there. Yeah, I'd just like to see him get his hands dirty a bit more and, and actually want to dictate the game. Yeah, mm. and if you, if you start giving the ball away really cheaply, that would be. Uh... Tremendously helpful as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> Doesn't help when he just keeps watching Garrity put it in touch. He just what frustrates me about players at this level like him is they can show that they've got technical ability and they can do something which is really difficult to do ordinarily. And then, you know, for the likes of you and me, and then they do something which I'd be disappointed in doing if I was on the pitch myself. And it's it's that inconsistency. It's like you're capable of this, but you still do those silly mistakes and don't quite understand. And from a coach's point of view, it must be doubly frustrated why that happens. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, I mean, you've got that that Hilsner today, and he did have a, he did have a great game. He did impress me today. I thought he I thought he controlled the game really well, and I thought he, he looked to sort of like turn into space and keep the play moving. But we can't let it slide that he did actually hit the old scoreboard with a shot today. <laughs> <didn't he? laughs> Which takes some doing. It really does. Do we need to check the um, check the betting things with that? Is there you know dodgy bets coming in? Uh, <laughs> players I, I think uh, I think John Batty was at fault for that as well, wasn't he? For uh, presential betting issues, placing it straight out of play. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Let's not yeah. draw any attention to things that, that are going to incriminate. <laughs> we can't. I mean, let's not do. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we like to draw attention to things that, that need addressing, but let's not get us into too much trouble. <laughs> so what do you think? Because I'm, I'm, I like, you know, I'm a fairly optimistic person, but I'm also a realist. And I feel a little bit in limbo at the minute this season. It's already been kind of exhausting this season. I, I, I feel, you know, do you think that fans have kind of, the pressure's off, more and I've done a little bit or do you think like it's just kind of like it's so volatile that a couple of you know it's seen you know what I mean is it are people prepared to give them a little bit more time do you think at the minute than they were or are is everybody equally as livid as they were at the beginning of the season Paddy you're shaking your head there I think it's past the point you know we turn now with them I think you saw the reaction from uh, the Danny Rowe transfer and it seemed like that was the final straw for a lot of people. It seems to be a lot of people that have a lot of final straws. Uh, I think they passed the point of no return. I don't see how they could ever recover with Latics fans now. Uh, I don't understand why, what, what they're getting from this because they're obviously not making any money at the moment. They're losing money. He's only going to lose more money. He's not getting any thanks for it. You know, I I just think they're perhaps unaware of the feeling because they probably don't go on social media. And Abdallah's over is in Dubai at the moment. Is yeah. that where? Because yeah. right? he yeah. did say he took the club, didn't he? That he was going to uh, move over to Manchester permanently. 
But obviously that was three years ago and he's still living over in Dubai. But that's a different story. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's past the point of not the point of no return now. I think, well, 95% of the fan base now have just had enough, don't want them near the club and that I don't think that'll ever change. You've obviously got your usual 5% who, you, who we all know about, but... The realistic ones. No, well, yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> gave you a bit, didn't they, the other week? A little bit. Oh, did you get some, Matt, as well? Only, only a little bit. I mean, I'd, I'd like a little bit more yeah. if they're going to, you know, I mean, come on, give us give us something decent. But, you know, the problem is you can't, when you can't argue with common sense, can you? Because we try to be balanced. And if you try to be balanced, then you're on hard into nothing. But do you think that, like, in, just going back to what Carl said the other day as well about purchasing the stadium, is that what he's ultimately trying to do now? Is he, do you think that he's kind of probably realised that what you've just said there, Paddy, is true? But ultimately, his last throw of the dice is to try and purchase the stadium and then if he's going to sell the club, he'll do it then. If we're skint enough that he's having to sell our supposed key striker for the sake of 40 grand, then he's not going to buy the stadium. That's why I asked Carl. I said, where's the money coming from to buy the stadium, Carl? And he said, well, I haven't got information on his personal wealth. But the story goes, doesn't it, that he's out of contract, and this is Danny Rose, out of contract, so we can't afford to take that hit, so we're taking the money. Now, if we're having to do that for 40 grand, there is no way on this earth he is able to afford, what was he quoted? Was it about six million? Six, six million, yeah. He's not, he's not, not going to do it, surely. So this is this limbo then, it's perpetual limbo because what? where do we go from here? Well, there's nothing else to go for, is there? The training grounds lease from the council. Council, I don't think he'll ever give that land up. What else is he going to buy? He's got a badge, which is changing. He's got a brand, which is League Two. Apart from that, there's nothing else. He has to buy the ground to make Oof. anything work. And even then... Hi, Paddy says there's so many people who have who have just given up interest because of how things are being run. How would that run with the OEC? You know, it's one of those things where uh, I don't know. It's for me, if he was going to buy it, he would have done it by now. I don't. I don't think there's been significant. You know, from the conversations that we've had, I don't think there's been significant sort of movement in terms of where that deal is. You know, it, the noises aren't. Oh yeah, it's nearly it's nearly over the line. It, the noises are, you know, now's not the right time to buy a stadium. You know, but the deal it, it, was it already offered, wasn't it? The offer was already in when we come out of ad, when we went to court for admin, wasn't that? When there was a deal a in principle. Acceptance? Yeah. Ah right. Okay. Yeah. Steve, on that, in in the summer, I went into the club uh, and spoke to Shahid. You know, when the accounts got altered, and Shahid said yeah. to me that the deal that was arranged with Abdallah and Blitz was that they'd pay off the debenture and then they'd talk about a deal. So the deal was that they'd talk about a deal. So nothing had been... Yeah, right, OK. That was, that was from right, Shahid. Okay. Uh, Shahid uh, you know Shahid, don't you? Financial director. Finance guy, yeah. 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 It was yeah, yeah. Last May, June time. Me and Mark Winterbottom went in and that was what he told us. And it, it doesn't feel as though there's been that much movement since then. It's, you know, it doesn't feel like it, it's it's about to happen. You know, which, which like you know, like Adam says, I think the only um, the only way that he's going to make that the club self sustainable and, and self sufficient and and you know, and he's going to make any money out of it is if 
is if he buys that if he buys the ground. That's that's what all of this hinges on, really. And and I think in terms of the in terms of like sort of winning the fans over and and you know like what Paddy was saying about it, the passing of point and no return. I think I think the the general attitude seems to be that he feels as though if if we can get his promotion or he can get us in the playoffs, then fans will just come back and sort of forget you know all all, all the misdemeanors that have happened up to this point. I think whilst results were, were going well, I think there was there's, there's perhaps an argument to some extent for that. I think what you've seen since the Danny Rose stuff's reared its head is that people are very quickly to sort of, you know quick to to sort of go back to that point of I love the club, but I just don't I don't particularly like what's happening with it at the moment and who's who's in charge of it. And I think that 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 rings out loud and clear to be to be fair. Yeah, nothing's been done, has it, that has put anyone's mind at ease or see as any kind of redemption for anything and that's that's the thing it's on a knife edge and, and as soon as the smallest thing happens everyone goes goes mental and i think you asked on your um your questionnaire about do you want abdallah to warm the ground and i think the answer for that was a resounding no as well wasn't it yeah there was a lot of uncertainty around whether people felt like that was you know the right the right thing to do i think everyone agrees that that, that in the future everything needs to be in, under the one ownership and that's ultimately what we want but not now <laughs> under the current ownership yeah. is, that, is that what people want I think this is what we tried to push with Carl when we've spoken to him is that we, you know it's great getting updates on, on where we are with the club and, and, and we do genuinely appreciate that um, I think you know what, what we would like to sort of see really and I'm sure that we speak for the majority of the fan base is that we want to see some movement on the on the, the big issues you know, getting bums on seats in the North Stand when we're able to, or even confirmation that that the work's been done and that if 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 stadiums were to open up again, that people could sit in the North Stand because you'd probably get a lot of people renewed season tickets on that basis alone. You know, and it'd be a massively positive story for the club to put out. It was frustrating, you know, that 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 part of the conversation that I had with him about Carl saying. You know, I think I can do something with the North Stand. I think I can get these issues resolved uh, if I get the green light. And I, and I said, well, why haven't you got the green light? And it, it seems to be that there's this this loggerhead between um, Abdallah and the landlord, nice. and it, and it's that inability to to negotiate something and 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 get something done, and that that the fans then just have to suffer. That's really really frustrating, and and that goes two ways as well. That's you know in terms of blitz as well, like. You know, for the they, they need for between them to to at least well, let's forget stadium ownership. The club needs to be able to use that facility, and the fans need to be able to use that facility. And and, and the match day experience for for fans when football returns, when when crowds return to Boundary Park, we need to be ready. All now is the perfect time. You've had loads of time to to, to negotiate and get things sorted, so that you can say, yep, when fans are back in or next season or whatever, this is sorted, and it's. It's very, very frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. Also, you've yeah, got to look I mean, at it as being a positive that he has reached out yeah. to Simon Brook and looking to have those talks now and, and see what they can do in relation. Because I think he knows, like you say, that without that, you're not going to get the sponsorship. You're not going to get people sponsoring games because no one's going to pay 75 quid a pop to have food in the main stand then go and sit in a wooden seat staring at a brand new stand that no one's sat in. Exactly. We're not going to yeah. do it, are So there's got to be some compromise, both sides, to get it done for the sake of the fans. And 
they've had plenty of time during lockdown to get it sorted. And hopefully Carl now can work some magic to get it sorted. But it's been a long time coming. I don't think any of us are expecting things to change overnight, are we? <laughs> At the club, playing side of things, you know, that's not going to change overnight. <laughs> we just have to just have to keep knuckling down, being Oldham fans, being patient and 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 well, doing what we're doing as well, which is asking questions and pushing people for answers and um, even like yourself, Paddy, there you see going into the club and, and asking questions and being proactive and saying, you know what, this is important to me and this needs to change. And we've got a bit of a plan with the podcast now in, in terms of an, the people that we want to get on and the conversations that we want to have and who we want to talk to. And we're kind of building a, a map of, of what's what. And so we can offer fans the opportunity to, to, to listen and, and understand what's going on because that's really important. I think a lot of us have been guilty, myself included, of just burying our head in sand for a long time and just allowing things to happen and, and just getting more and more disengaged with with the club and what's happening and, and, and just everything's just gone to shit as a result. So yeah. that can't continue, can it? We, we all have to take a responsibility as fans to to ask questions, to push, to make noises. That's happening now. I, I feel that there's momentum in that and I don't think that that momentum is going to stop until... Well, I don't think it's ever going to stop I, I, until we've got the kind of club running running the right in the kind of way that we want it to be, and that's ultimately why I push the boundary on this podcast. Why I push the boundary exist? Why you're here, Paddy? We all care, and 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 that's why I'm grateful to Carl for being willing to come on and talk um, and 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 let people listen, make their own minds up. So yeah, there's a lot of positives, I think. And we said that to him the other the other day, and he, he mentioned about getting like emails from fans and you know responding to him and stuff. And and we said, you know, the fact that you're actually getting emails from fans, angry emails, says that people care. You know, as soon as you stop getting those, that's when you start. That's when you need to worry because that's when people just walk away. Yeah, and you know, as soon as we get to, to that to stage, that is a sad time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think Carl mentioned when he was um, when he was at Berry. Uh, what was it he mentioned, Adam, about um, when we filled the away end, and he gave us, he got, he said he got stick from Berry fans because uh, they he said they were going to sell out, didn't they? Yeah, they said they were going to sell out, and they were giving Carl a bit of grief because he gave us behind both goals. I think it was when was it when Scholes was in charge, they lost three one, and he said he was getting grief from Berry fans, and he was like, well, yeah, but if I give them that, they'll sell out. You know, that's more money they'll, in they'll our coffers. Yeah, he said that's more money in Barry's pocket. Yeah, you know, and he said, but but like, he said that's what the thing you noticed when he was there is that the fan base is fantastic and it's passionate and it cares and and I think you know I think he's seeing that, but he's perhaps not seeing the best side of it. You know, where we are packing out away ends and you know we are sort of getting numbers in Boundary Park and renewing season tickets stuff. And that loyalty is there. It just needs it just needs a bit of a bit of a kickstart, doesn't it? At the minute, there's yeah. still a lot of people that won't go. While Abdallah are more in charge, and yeah. that's an issue, isn't it? That's a big issue because there like, are. I mean, look that. at season ticket sales like this season, fourteen hundred. And now, and now, I'm under the circumstances that might not be a bad number with COVID and the uncertainty and everything. But mm. you know, until I think until football gets back to normal, till society gets back to normal, we won't really understand just what the situation is in terms of fans and how how many have really, really turned their back on the club? You know what I mean? Like, if, if let's just say for argument's sake, we, we start next season in League Two, everyone's allowed back in on first home game of the season and we're playing, I don't know, whoever we're playing, 
Salford, isn't it? Because uh, oh, they don't go up, obviously. <laughs> you know, Warren and there's <laughs> and there's <laughs> and there's four fifteen hundred fans in the ground. Then <laughs> that is that's you know what I mean. Yeah, that's a that's a big that's a big blow to the uh, to the owners, isn't it? And and that's a big message. You know, what if we if we if we start next season and there's three and a half thousand fans at the, at the home get first home game, then that's a different message again, isn't it? So it's difficult at this time to know exactly in terms of bums on seats how, how, how it's going to where we're at really I think that's been what's been so unique about this season isn't it is that like you know like Kiel hasn't had to answer to the fans at any point and you know I'm sure the atmosphere I can only get you know, we can only think about what the atmosphere might have been like at some of the home games you know when, when you've lost nine out of well 13 now I think it is you know it wouldn't have been particularly pleasant would it he'd have been sacked wouldn't he he'd have been sacked based on the the fan reaction yeah yeah I mean you wouldn't rule it out you wouldn't rule out Tom. after ten games or so. Then there was there definitely would have been that chance because there's a strong argument for it as well, weren't there? Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, any other manager that had been on under Abdallah by that point would have gone. Yeah. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's the fact that the fans weren't there that bought him a bit more time. And in fairness, you know, he did make a difference. He did turn turn it around, start getting results uh, or enough results anyway to, to for us to yeah. climb up the table and. Away from the bottom, but we're still not out of danger, are we? We're still not out of the. Yeah, yeah. Us four could play midfield for the rest of the season, and we'll still stay there. <laughs> we won't go down. <laughs> You've seen as many games I have, Matt. We will not go down from this. Well, no, but you know, I know that, and that's. But you, you've until you've got the points on the board, you've got to be. There's some, there's some crap teams in this. So you there is some Grimsby. crap teams, yeah. If if we go down and Grimsby stay up. Then yes, you need to just give up on football, don't we? Really, let's be honest. Yeah. Let, let's let's we not forget the uh, the Christmas video that we did with Wellens and Doyle, where it oh, was like yeah. next yeah. next this time next year we'll be in the championship, and it's just like yeah, let's see, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly don't want to bring her down to it, but my god, I remember watching that and going, brilliant, we are going up, we're going up, we're going up, lads, start the car. But we went down, didn't we? I never, yeah, <laughs> we went down that same season, didn't we? That was the thing. Yeah. And we had the optimism of a new owner as well, didn't we? He was going to take us places. Yeah. 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 Oh. Took us yeah, to well, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. It was a new ground for me. So, you know, every cloud. I think maybe if he takes all the fans to Dubai after, after COVID, if he takes us all, <laughs> like, you know, like me, you know, about three, four thousand of us. Pays for us all to go over there and, and have a big social in Dubai. Then that might that might just it might swing it around. It might swing it. Yeah, you can uh, if you can do something like that. Give us all a holiday. Then uh, yeah, we might give him a bit more time. Uh, uh, that's, that's, that seems reasonable. I mentioned that to Carl. You know what was it? <laughs> what was it over there? About fifteen quid a pint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Yeah, uh, I think our relegation to national league is is all but confirmed if that ever happens. <laughs> There'll be no money left to play to spend on players, will there? <laughs> so you know, here we go. Another week goes by, and we just carry on being Oldham fans, looking to the future optimistically, whilst wallowing in the reality of of where we're at. But we won today, and we've got Cheltenham on Tuesday. A couple of back-to-back wins that cheer us all up, and that's the thing. If we win in games, then we'll all be a lot happier, won't we? But 
Um, yeah, we, we, need, we're, we're we need a fucking promotion, don't we? We need a yeah. playoff. We need something to get excited about on the football. We need that. It's all very well, like, oh yeah, we've been on a good run. We won these away games on the bounce and all that. We need we need something proper to enjoy. We need a trip to Wembley in the playoffs. We need a we need to go up. <laughs> we need something solid to say thank God for like we've waited twenty odd years and. Finally, something positive has happened, and and until that happens, it's just going to be we're just going to keep sort of feeling in this kind of state of limbo, aren't we? I think I think that I mean I've got, I've got mates who I've got mates who's Swindon fans and like County fans, and and it's like that you know they've had I know they've had relegations and they've had bad times, but they've had they've had the good times, they've had the promotions as well, and they've had they're like you know JPT wins and all that sort of stuff, and we've got. The last six months, we've got games, haven't we? Yeah. You know, maybe go, remember that season that we went up at, at such and so we got promoted at Tranmere or wherever it may be. And we all round the page and blah, blah, blah. It's like we've got, oh, do you remember Forest away? You know, and do you remember like yeah. Everton away? And, and those days are absolutely fantastic. But imagine having a season where that all that emotion is, 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 is dragged across the entire season and it's encompassed into like a promotion winning game or. Yeah. You know, a playoff winning game or something along those lines. A moment of you know, drama just where brilliant. you get a you, where you get a, a late goal and and you're up, and you have that moment because yeah. you know those of us who were lucky enough to be at Boundary Park for the Chef Wednesday game with that last minute penalty, that kind of drama, that emotion. You know, after a long season like that, I know we were already up, but it just it, it brings it all together. It just tied the whole season together. In fact, they tied the whole two seasons that the season before that as well together and it's it's just massive we, yeah. we've just like you said the, those odd games they're great but they they're just one-offs aren't they? they it doesn't tie everything together we need that if, if we're going to get that forward momentum the only way the club is going to get it is by a promotion from this this division and that needs to happen asap yeah i mean I, yeah. i'm 32 and i've never witnessed us get promoted in 91 I was like 18 months old I've never witnessed <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I'm so bloody miserable probably <laughs> when it comes to lactics anyway but I mean Adam you're younger than me aren't you yeah below you yeah so, which is, which is you, crazy mate. in itself Nothing. to look at him isn't it <laughs> <laughs> That's long paper on that pal long paper on <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you know oh, being right. an older fan will age you won't it at the end of the day Definitely does. Definitely yeah, does. I remember speaking to a United fan, and 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 uh, and they were saying how I think I can't remember who it was. It might have been you know when West Brom did that when they stayed up and they did the Great Escape. Yeah, and uh, they were saying, oh, like you saw him on the pitch, and then they were celebrating like they'd won the league. And how can you celebrate not going down in that way? And and I remember I remember just sort of thinking I remember going I think I nodded along and I remember just thinking oh, I don't know I don't know you should have seen me in the pub after Bradford when beating two one at home to stay up. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> like, that's like, like I was just thinking then when you were talking about that I, I, I remember that game and that was one of the high that was one of the highs that we've had because it the, and and it was just avoiding getting relegated <laughs> but it was like it's, yay but it was like but yeah it, but it, celebrating ultimately the fact that we're crap but we're not. Yeah, it's like just just walk a mile in a Latics fan shoes, yeah. and, and you'll you'll find that you'll find that with that days like that against Bradford because you'll take a lot. you'll take that won't you as a as something to celebrate at the time. It's like, but it's oh, not I... really anything to celebrate because you've suffered a, another miserable season all, all year. But yeah, we need this promotion. Like we need it desperately. 
and patience is is running thin for for that. We've had absolutely bugger all to celebrate, have we, for such a long time? Well, it's not just fans like now; it's like the future generations, and like Paddy's got young kids, and I feel sorry for them because it must be absolutely painful the last couple of years that he's had season tickets that he's paid for. You know, like obviously, Adam, when we were younger, we had people like Gunnar Haller and who were sticking around for a while. Now, yeah. Alf is five; he's only seventh favorite player already because <laughs> they just keep <laughs> it's just just <laughs> just keeps recycling them. Yeah, he's crazy; it's absolutely crazy. Bless him. You you won't pay for someone on the back of your shirt at the minute, would you? <laughs> oh, I think we're done, lads. I think we're done. I think that'll do. I think we've um, summed it up. How everyone, how well, how we're feeling anyway today. I think there's that kind of yeah, we won and it's good. You know, I'm glad we won. There's a lot of stuff that's just niggling away in the back of our heads that we can't get rid of, and uh, until we get that promotion, until a few things are yeah. sorted out, until that north stand is packed, and we're all able to have a few drinks in it beforehand, and there's 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 some good times coming in there potentially if all that stuff can happen. I think you know, I think we're all really dying to get into Boundary Park and for it to be f- yeah. full and to meet up with our mates and meet up with people that we've met online over lockdown and to drink some beer and to socialise and to go on some away days. There's, there's a lot of pent-up <laughs> frustration and and, ang- yeah. and and annoyance in us, isn't there, at this stage after all this now? We, you know, a bloody nearly a year of of all this malarkey. It's, it's very yeah. frustrating. And sometimes exactly. it's hard to just get your spirits up, isn't it? You, you feel a bit flat, don't you? A bit deflated and bored. Isn't it? You, know, you can't even get uh. excited about a cup draw because it's like, well... Yeah. Can't be there, so you know, know. It didn't really matter who we got in the third round or the fourth round because no. yeah. but we'll get back there, we'll be right, we'll be right, won't we? Absolutely, yeah. right, lads. Thanks for joining me. Okay, okay, yeah, we'll talk to you again, Paddy. Thanks for coming on, mate. No problem, thank you. And uh, stay, you stay safe, lads. Don't get COVID, yeah. <laughs> I'll try not to <laughs> behave yourself. Sure. All right, lads, take care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bye. The Boundary Park Alert System is a Studio 6 production. It's hosted, edited and mixed by me, Matt Dean, and you can contact me on Twitter at Dublin OAFC. If you'd like to get in touch with us or contribute to the show, our email is bpalertsystem at gmail.com and we're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at OAFC Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Push the Boundary, you can visit pushtheboundary.co.uk and follow them on Twitter at ptb underscore OAFC. The title music for the show is Delirio by Manchester DJ and producer Starion. You can visit redlaserrecords.bandcamp.com for more info and the latest releases. If you like the show, please do review and subscribe on whichever platform you listen. Thanks for listening.